Blog Talk Radio. I have returned to the land of the living. I am a zombie. I am a zombie. I am a zombie. Every dead body that is not exterminated becomes one of them. It gets up and kills. The people it kills get up and kill. Hey guys, welcome to the October 31st edition of Rebel Guard Radio. I am your guest, KZ, or actually I'm not your guest, I'm your host, KZ. I got Guy on the line. What's going on, brother? Just enjoying Devil's Night. I'm enjoying the uh, the music I'm hearing right now, right now too, man. <laughs> of course. <laughs> Almost my favorite night of the night of the year, but uh, we'll cut the Halloween music out. Uh this episode of Rubber Guard Radio is brought to you by a sponsor, IVC Videos, www.ivcvideos.com, $2.99 single disc, $5.99 double disc, Curacao, Lucha, Old School, all kinds of different crap. Check them out, ivcvideos.com. Come on, brother. How you doing? I'm, I'm just hanging out, man. I'm excited, man. I, lo- I love Halloween coming up tomorrow night. Uh, I don't know, man. I, I heard there's a haunted house going on by... Uh, in my neighborhood, so I think I'll go check that out for sure. I don't know. Just uh, are, are you dressing up? Uh, I thought of dressing like the dude from Big Lebowski, but I probably won't. I haven't dressed up in a while, but I'm still giddy like a like a kid, man. I I love Halloween. Can you guess what I'm gonna dress up as tomorrow? <laughs> Chris Benoit. <laughs> yeah, that's it. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> a zombie. Of course, Chris of course. Benoit, Chris Benoit is a zombie. Oh, dude, that would rule. That would definitely rule. But uh, yeah, I I'm going to work tomorrow, and I am going in full costume. So, like, what what type of zombie? Like a, an old, like a, any particular zombie look, or just a, like what 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 exactly you have planned? Uh, I I have have an idea where my wife is going to do the paint me kind of grayish. And she would cut out my right cheek. Uh huh. So like a so like would, a, like a uh, George Romero, Dawn of the Dead type zombie. Of course. Because I know they were all. I think they tried to make them look all blue, or they came out looking gray, or so. I think that's what they said on the commentary for that. <laughs> Looks like this evening we are going to be joined by Chris Cotrere. If none of you know who that is, he is the. Uh, the audio wizard behind a lot of the music that's uh, posted on the F4W online uh, message board that's played on the Brian and Vinny show. Also, he's the kind gentleman that happens to record the Wrestling Observer Live every week off of Sirius, and he is so kind to cut out those annoying-as-fuck commercials. Yeah. So we're going to have Chris on. 
I used to have I had the the podcast where you could get the podcast of Observer Live, and they did not cut out the commercials. Ugh, man, it's, just, it's bad. It's bad. Chris has saved my sanity, but we do have a caller on. Let's see who we got. Caller, welcome to Rubber Guard Radio. Who are you? Caller. Okay, let me put you on hold for just a sec, guy. Okay. Caller, are you on the air? Nine four zero area code. Who are you? Okay, this isn't looking too good, so we're going to need him. You still there, guy? Yeah, I'm here, bro. I think that was okay. the uh, the silent man that was who called, or, or <laughs> silent or silent woman. All right, no, actually, the the invisible man called the uh, KP for dummy show last night twice. Really? Yeah. <laughs> he called. Someone called. Someone was on the line, but you know the, the cancer was all. Who are you? Who are you? And no one answered. So I don't know. Kind of weird. Oh, let's see if I can get this. Maybe it was uh, some kind of apparition or or uh, or evil spirit, just uh, you know, making their presence known, letting, oh, letting everyone know they're ready uh, ready to party tomorrow night. Try or to get the color on again. Tonight's Devil's Night, man. So they're out, they're out in spades. Yeah, no shit, huh? Devil's Night. I'm going to have to watch The Crow again tonight, brother. Yeah, I fucking love <laughs> that movie, dude. I fucking love that movie. Yeah, it was good stuff. What What were they saying before they were going out to burn burn the building? Uh, you mean in the uh, when they had the big meeting there around the, uh, yeah. the table? Um, yeah. I can't remember. It's been a while, dude. Yeah, I haven't watched it in a little while, but that is a badass scene when fucking Eric Draven busts in and jumps up on the table, cross-legged. He's just looking for uh, for the one dude, and then, you know, all hell breaks loose. And then he dies in real life. That's yeah. fucked up. Yeah, that is fucked up, dude. Did but they couldn't cut the scene. That was the thing. Was, they it, could was, not... it dur- was it during the shooting of that scene, do you know? Yeah, it was during the shooting of that scene. Yeah, it I, was that scene. I, I could be wrong, but I, I thought I had heard that. Uh, I don't know if you know the scene in the movie when when they're doing the flashbacks when he when he's coming back and and his girlfriend is being uh, raped and they throw a, a knife at him, and it, and uh, I thought or they shoot him. I don't know, but I I thought I had re- I had heard that he, he was accidentally killed during that scene, but I don't know. No, it was during the shoot up. Mm-hmm. And they the the thing is they couldn't cut it from the from the movie because it was such an important scene in the movie. Uh-huh. That's kind of sad. But, yeah. So, we dropped our caller. Hopefully the caller will call back. I hope we don't have the same technical issues we had last week. Uh, hopefully not. <laughs> that were you, was pretty were you, bad. Were you, on a, were you on a cell phone last time or was it just... Yeah. Over? Yeah, I'm... I'm I, do the, I do the show by cell phone. I do not own a landline. Oh, really? So... That's cool. But, but, yeah, I'm working on getting Skype, so when we get Skype, it shall be fun. There won't be any more disconnections or anything. So, yeah, that's going to be my next toy that I buy. So what did you think of Raw last night? Um, I thought it was fine. Um, would have liked to have seen Jericho, but uh, I'm actually going to Raw next week at Staples Center, so hopefully he'll uh, he'll show up then. I know Stone Cold will be there, so it should be a pretty good show. Where's uh, SmackDown the night after? Is it in Bakersfield? 
with San Diego. I, I want to I say Baker. Actually, no, it's not. I'm going to uh, actually another house show on Saturday in San Diego. So it's definitely not there. I want to say Bakersfield probably, but I, I really don't know. Well, let's go to bluedy.com. Hopefully, uh, everything's that's, nice. That's and the run they usually do, though. They'll, they'll, uh, you know, they'll hit up L.A., Bakersfield, San Bernardino, San Diego. On their way up here. I don't think that we have any TV up here, but I could be wrong. Oh, you know what I, you know what I just read um, on the Observer update today. About a half hour from my house on November 17th, the great Sasuke is going to be wrestling Rocky Romero for SoCal Pro Wrestling. Yes, dude, you have to go. I'm I'm totally going to go, dude. When the hell else are you going to get to see, you know, a member of the Japanese... How do you say it? Diet? Diet, I don't yeah. yeah. okay. That, yeah, that's cool. I'm trying to talk Bob Barnett into going to the shows where we'll film it. Uh-huh. <clears throat> it needs to be filmed, and... All right, here's the upcoming schedule tonight. SmackDown ECW is in Long Island. And then the house shows for the Lupin starting Saturday, it's San Diego and Redding, California. Redding? What the fuck are they doing in Redding? Um, then Sunday is Raw house show in San Bernardino. And then SmackDown house show in Stockton. Oh, I'm not going to any of them. And then uh, Raw is in L.A., Bakersfield for Tuesday to the SmackDown taping. What was the last? When was the last time you went to a WWE house show, man? Oh Jesus! Uh, a house show? Yeah. Oh man. Ninety-seven. Uh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> Have you been to any of the tapings they've had up around there at all? Yeah, I went to. Um, was, was it? Did they have? It was the Cow Palace. Um, a week before Eddie died. Yeah, they were down at Staples Center like two weeks before he died, I remember. Yeah. Well, that was, uh, they did like a week and a half or two weeks just on the West Coast uh-huh. before he passed. But yeah, that was my, that was the last TV anything I went to. Wow. And the the only reason I went was because I won tickets. You know, I wasn't going to like pay to go. How, how'd you win tickets? Uh, just radio stations. You know, they were plugging it hard to give away tickets or whatever, so I was caller 12 or whatever the fuck it was. That's pretty good, man. I never won nothing on the radio. Oh, man. Oh. But, uh, Actually, there there was a pretty cool dark match. It was Scotty Tuhati and Ken Dome, Kenny. Mm-hmm. It was when they were getting Kenny ready for TV, and and I told my wife, I'm all, Jeff, watch this kid. He's really good, because I'd, I'd watch his OVW stuff, and I told my wife, I'm all, watch this kid. He is really good. He's going to be good unless he fucks things up. Backstage, but, yeah. Well, unfortunately, they fuck things up, so. All right, we have a caller on the line. Caller. Yes. Well, who am I speaking with? This is Couture. What's up, brother? How you doing, Chris? All right, how you doing? Not bad, not bad. Waiting for ECW to come on. Why? <laughs> Chris, we're on the line with my co-host Guy. Guy, say what's how up? Doing? How you doing, man? All right, how you doing? I'm not. I'm doing all right. All right. Cool. Well, I wanted to get the Messiah of audio on because I would like to firsthand thank you for bringing me joy on Sunday evening at 7:30 p.m. <laughs> yes, absolutely, man. That is totally. Awesome. <laughs> it's no problem. You are loved. 
And you know what, Jimmy Lasers? Fuck you. You are not the king. You are not the king. Contreras is the king. <laughs> I had to get that off my chest. Well, so, I appreciate it. When did you start watching wrestling, Chris? 1985. Okay, we know that Dino Bravo and the Ultimate Warrior made made Brian Alvarez fall in love with the business. What made you fall in love with the business? Uh, <laughs> watching the Rock and Roll Express beat Ivan and Crusher for the tag belt. Ah, the TV match? Sharks, yes. Oh, right on. Have, have, have you seen... I just watched it last night, as a matter of fact. Do you have it uncut? Uh, I have the I have the TV version. Oh, okay, you have the TV show. I have it uncut. And you, that match you, you sent me a rock and roll comp a while back. It had it on there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, did, I sent you my Rock and Roll Express set, didn't I? Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was one of the matches on there. Yeah, that was good stuff, man. That, you can't get any better than Ricky and Robert. Mm-hmm. And plus, the, the Russians were, you know, the ultimate heel, you know, and... That was good stuff back then. Cool. So, um, what you been most, watching lately? That's most of what I watch today. I, I, I like watching old stuff a lot more today. You can tell me, dude. Do you have, <laughs> uh, do you have the uh, 24-7? No, I got DirecTV. Oh, DirecTV. So they don't have it. Well, there are other means. So I, but. I hate anything that has 24-7 because of that, so... So you're watching mostly just old old stuff and, and pretty much, are you watching I mean, Raw I mean, I watch all the new stuff. I'm one of those people that I just, I, I get all the, I buy all the pay-per-views just because it's wrestling on, you know. And, uh, but I mean, it's not as exciting anymore. I agree 100%. It's, I rarely get excited for it anymore, but. I mean, I just, I, I buy the TNA pay-per-views to get a good laugh most of the time. Bound for Glory had some pretty good matches on it, though. Oh, yeah, that, that was opener was good, wasn't it? That that the tag X. X. Yeah, it was really. Nah, that was good. That was good. It's just the oversaturation of gimmicks on their pay per views makes their shows come off. Yeah. Nothing special anymore. Yeah. Nothing special. You know, you know what the thing is? Is uh, I feel it's. I mean, on the independent scene, there. You know, if uh, this guy's from WWE leave or whatever, there's some kind of dream matches on independent team, but there's really are not many dream matches left in WWE right now. All the, all, the, all a lot of the dream matches have been done. It's well, it looks like looks like the next main program for Raw is going to be uh, Vince and and Michael, or at least that's the vibe I got from the they already, from the. Uh, they already did that like a year and a half ago, though. Yeah. Well, yeah, the God thing and whatever, but I don't know. I just, I, I, don't, I don't know. The only, I saw the promo last night with Michaels, and that was all that I saw. Mm-hmm. So I kind of got the feeling that that was going to be the direction. I don't know <clears> if Vince is still is going to wrestle at this point. I mean, I guess, I guess he could, but you know, he might hurt himself. Yeah, that's true. Oh, wow. Well, Vince Iceman hasn't meant anything since it, unless it was Steve Austin against him. I have to agree. I have to agree. The, the products really stale, and I don't know. I don't. I I don't watch it anyway. I just go by what Brian and Vinny say and mm-hmm. what Dave writes. Like I enjoyed the pay per view those night. I thought the Undertaker Batista match was awesome. Yeah, that was really good. The uh, 
Yeah, the last three matches are really good on the pay-per-view, I thought. And it's like, what, the third clean job that Taker's done on pay-per-view since 1990 or something like that. Yeah, I was thinking the last time he lost clean, um, I don't... Um, Kali, I think. Yeah, Kali. Kali. Yeah, Kali. And before that, you have to go to, the I think, the Hell in the Cell with Brock Lesnar. We lost clean to uh, Angle, didn't he? Um, yeah, that's right. That's right. No way out. He did. So mm-hmm. maybe like four times in the last like five and a half years or five years. Uh, imagine having that kind of stroke to say, I'm not going to fucking put this guy over on pay-per-view. <laughs> I'm not going to work a program with this guy. That's mad respect. At, at the same time, though, with his character, he sh- he shouldn't be losing clean that often, though. I mean, he's like, a, he's like, I don't, don't want to see the road warriors lose clean, you know? He has mm-hmm. kind of that 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 monster aura that the Road Warriors had. Yeah. Like I want to see the Road Warriors come down and beat a bunch of job guys up, and that's it. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, they're doing a lot of clean jobs there at the end. Wow, they were when they came to WWF the first time. That was pretty much you know the the end of it for me as far as the Road Warriors was concerned. Yeah, but. Yeah, I mean, because I'm, I'm like a trier, man. You know, we saw them in the glory days. You know, 83, 84, <clears throat> 85. They were one of my favorite teams as a kid. You know, just because they came in the... San Francisco here was in AWA stopped forever <clears throat> before it closed, and they would come in, and they were working a program with the Fabulous Ones. And no one ever thought Fabs could hang with the Road Warriors. And they would barely squeak out wins. Like a precious Paul would, you know, throw a gimmick in or something, and uh, and one of the fabs will catch it and they nail him and pin him or whatever. It was rarely a clean job, mm-hmm. and you you rarely saw them lose. And the thing is, it kept them it kept them special. But then also, <clears throat> it allowed it allowed them to build up the challengers as well, because when that one team did go over. It made the other team. Mm-hmm. But back in the uh, mid '80s, it was like they kind of had the they come in like an attraction, like Andre Woods, like every few every few months or something like that. Mm-hmm. You know, like well, yeah, they did battles. that. They were they would come in from '83. They would come in like mid south. You know, they would do a couple shots. They would do like a TV shot and then work the the Superdome. You know, and they would come in like that. Mm-hmm. But there, there's nothing like that anymore. There is not a special attraction anymore. Even when they were with, uh, with Crockett all that time, they just, they'd have like a, like the feud with the Midnight Express, and then they'd go to Japan for about two, two or three months. It wasn't just, they weren't always there. Yeah. Okay, guy, you have the floor. I need to grab something to drink real quick. You think you can handle it? Oh, I can absolutely handle it. Tremendous. So, uh, Chris, let me ask you, um, we, we were talking about uh, how, you know, it's not necessarily as exciting anymore today. When Can you name the last angle or or program that uh, you really got excited about? Ooh, that's a tough one. I enjoyed the little, uh, when, uh, when they brought the a few months ago, when they brought the signers back for the thing with three Team Three oh, D, yeah, in TNA. I mean, just the just the promos. That was the best part. 
Oh, yeah, Scott Steiner. I mean, they, I think they dropped the ball with him in, in WWE. I mean, obviously he can't go like he used to, but his character and his promos and his, his charisma were, you know, top-notch. And mm-hmm. I mean, if he had, if he didn't have all the... If he wasn't so old and didn't have the physical problems, he'd probably be the biggest star in the business right now. Mm-hmm. Well, he's definitely got... He's Even to this day, I mean, he's he's got the charisma and... And like I said, the promos and the aura to go. And I mean, I mean, he's he's pulled some stuff out. I mean, those Frankenstein's off the top rope. He's done yeah. the last. Uh, I'd be getting scared when I see him go up there. Yeah. Yeah, because those are the first times I'd seen him do Frankensteiner in, in years and years. Probably since he took on the Big Papa Pump character. And I, the other thing I liked about the promos were. Uh, because team, I think Team 3D thinks they're a lot more important than they actually are uh-huh. in real life with having held 20 titles or whatever. But they, It's like they won them when Tag Team didn't, didn't mean much. anything anymore. Yeah. Like the Steiners, I'd say they were a legendary tag team because all the... Yeah, have you seen the Steiners work in, uh, in, in Japan, in New Japan? Yeah. I thought, I've seen a bunch of their matches. Yeah, I just saw a match uh, from Tokyo Dome a little while ago, them versus uh, Keiji Muto and Hiroshi Ase. That was awesome. Uh, Scott Steiner pulled out uh, the, I uh, believe, the SS dri- SSD, the, the, the Scott driver? driver. Yeah, the suplex into the pile driver, man. That move is awesome. I think this match, I, wa- I think I watched that just the other night with the motor without the... Uh... The face paint and everything? Yeah, it was, I believe it was the January 4th, uh, 94 Tokyo Dome show. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I know that I think they worked the Tokyo Dome the next year as well, but that, that match was great. When he, uh, yeah, he just dropped Hase in the SSD out of nowhere, and, and everyone just popped like, holy shit, never seen anything like that before. I don't know if it was the first time he had done it, but... Uh, I don't yeah, I know he, I, he used to do it a lot, and like, when, when he first uh, was in... NWA, WCW, '89. He did it a lot. Mm-hmm. That's when really he was at his best. I thought. Yeah, no, they they had great matches back then. I mean, you know. I love watching the matches with Doom. They were just yeah, physical Doom. as hell. Yeah, Doom, and uh, you know all the matches they had. You know that uh, that first Tokyo Dome show they worked with uh, Sasaki and Hase was a great match. Um, Thing and Muda, I think the next year. Yeah, Sting and Muda. That was that was cool seeing Sting and Muda team for the first time. And uh, against Sting and Luger at Super Brawl, that was a great match. Yes, I saw that on uh, on 24/7. That was a great match as well. Just a lot of high impact moves. A lot of mm-hmm. I just love the way they threw everyone around with their suplexes and their big moves. Yeah. You know the the bulldog off the top, or the when Scott would do when Rick would put the uh, the guy on the shoulders and Scott would do the DDT off the top rope. I mean, they just did some crazy stuff for the time. And then uh, the matches they had with uh, Williams and Gordy the next year. I, I oh, yeah. That. I love their Clash of Champions match when they had the NWA Tag Team Tournament. Yeah. Yeah, that was a great match. And they beat them clean, too. That I remember, the, you know, the Steiners didn't do a lot. You know, I mean, they were, in a sense, kind of like the, the Road Warriors. They didn't do a lot of clean jobs. And mm-hmm. When they lost that match, people were pissed. I, mem- I remember watching that match, and you know, people were actually throwing things into the uh, into the ring. They were so upset to see the Steiners lose clean like that. And they never really got a victory back on them either. No, they didn't. I think they did a 30-minute a draw a couple of days before that match at the uh, Beach Blast pay-per-view. And, and uh, the Steiners. Oh, I know they beat them in a non-title match on uh, 
WCW Worldwide. Yeah, and then the signers were gone a few months later in the WWF. That match with uh, Heavenly Bodies at SummerSlam 93 was a great one as well. Yeah. I enjoyed, probably the only one I enjoyed at WrestleMania 9 was the one with the Head Shrinkers. Oh, yeah, the Head Shrinkers, that was a good one as well. You know, Steiners are cool, man. I've I've always liked the Steiner Brothers. What uh, I know you mentioned Rock and Roll Express as well. What are some of your uh, some of your other favorite tag teams? Um, I've always been a fan of the Rockers. Yeah, the Rockers are cool. Michael Vincenetti. Sure. My favorite team would probably be uh, Arn Anderson and Tully Blanchard. Oh yes. Amen. Arn Amen. Really awesome. And that's, Have you seen um any of the the Rockers AWA stuff? Guy, uh, I've seen a little bit. I've seen a couple matches with Doug Summers and Buddy Rose. Did um, you? Uh, I'm sure you you've seen the Blood on the Sand match, right? The yeah, that, the Blood Bastion. Yeah, that one was on the uh, Shawn Michaels DVD they put out a few years yes. ago. Yes, that was good. I also saw a cage match that they did, I believe, around Christmas of '86. That was pretty good. St. Paul. I, I think they probably, the Shawn Michaels DVD that comes out in a few weeks, I think they got some uh, AWA stuff with them on there as well. That's good. That's good. Um, I think they, got a, can, they also got a world-class match with Billy J. Haynes on there, I think. Yeah, yeah. I, I Shawn Michaels. Well, well Michaels, Michaels started out as a job guy in Mid-South, and then he went to world-class. Then he went up to, if I remember right, Central States, and then they put him together with Janetti. Yeah. You, you know what the uh, Rockers match I always liked was that uh, Royal Rumble 91 match with Orient Express. Yeah. Yeah, that was good. Yeah, that, that was an awesome match. That was a match. great match. When it went about 20 minutes, all kinds of awesome spots. You know, they went to clothesline them with the, with the belt, and Sean just leaps and drops in, you know, on the belt and ends up ramming, ramming them together. Yeah, that was a great match. I mean, uh, they were good in their WWE run, but it's like that they, they just... They were always getting beat. They never really did anything with them. Well, Vince really didn't, as far as TV and, and pay-per-view, really didn't push the, the, the tag matches, even though if you go to house shows, they usually close it out with a tag match, Yeah. with a hot 20-minute tag match. Yeah, with versus either Brain Busters or the Rigels, huh? Yeah. Exactly. Those Brain Busters matches were awesome. No doubt, no doubt. They were... They were exceptional. exceptional. I was mad when Tully Blanchard didn't come back to WCW in, uh, I think it was in November 89, because yeah, I was like the Dino Brothers. I could be wrong, but it was Starcade 89 when Arn came back first with Ole, and they kind of initiated Sting into the Horsemen there at the end. Yeah, and then we got Ole and Arn against the Steiners instead of Tully. Yeah, Wrestle War in 90, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Okay, folks that are listening live, we are taking calls. If you have any questions for Guy, myself, or the Trail of the Legends, area code 347-215-7946. We are taking calls all night. And we're going an hour and a half tonight, boys, if that's okay with you, Guy. Yeah, that's all good, man. I took my little blue pill. I'm ready to go all night. Uh-huh. Woo! Woo! <laughs> Sorry, I was watching my flare set today, so... I'm digging me some flair today. All right, who's going to win the Monster Mask bullshit battle royal that Brian is pissing his shorts over? Kane, probably. Ah, yeah, the fat uh, man. Ah, the fat guy. Oh, the fat man's going over. Big Daddy V, you think? Yeah. 
That guy's disgusting. I mean, he, he makes Abdullah the Butcher look anorexic, and that's pretty tough. <laughs> I don't see the... I mean, I could see them putting him over, but to me, the voting for Cyber Sunday with the, with the three guys, the fact that him coming in last, it just tells me that no matter what they do with him, I mean, everyone knows it's Viscera, and they just don't give a shit, you know? That's true. But... Yeah, I'm working on a... I've, I've always liked him for some reason. When he was... Uh, when, he's, when he was... I even liked him when he was Mabel because he could do some pretty impressive things for a guy yeah, that big. He, he did that spin kick back back then, you know, 10... Yeah, that was a years sick ago, move. Pretty impressive at the time. And I, I liked the match a few months ago he had with Lashley when Lashley did that... Oh, that leap frog over. Light frog, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, there are things that he can do that are impressive, either himself or going up for other people, but I don't know. He just, uh, he's fine, but he just doesn't, you know, do it yeah. for me, but, you know, it's all good. So, yeah, I've been I've been speaking around to my connections in Memphis, and, and I'm trying to get a guy onto the show that was on a mission with, with Mabel. <laughs> so you figured that one out. So within the next couple of weeks, we should have that man that was on the mission with Mabel <laughs> on the show, all along with Oscar. But I don't remember the other one. But yeah, that that guy should be on. So we're working on that. Uh, we're putting together some other shows, some other guests. Uh, this I was Saturday watching we're... a few years ago. I was watching, I think it was Springer, and they had Oscar out there as one of the people out in the audience. You know, when they get outraged about something that's happening, that's going on. On stage, he was. I knew it was him, and it was just weird. Well, all those Memphis guys, you know, that whole Memphis clique, man, they're always on Springer. You know, uh, the Dundee, Jamie Dundee, and his little midget friends, and um, Pondo goes on, you know, and Pondo's buddies, Too Tough Tony, and all those freaks, they go on there. <laughs> Fuck it, man, it's a payday, you know, and it's booked yeah. just like pro wrestling. But. Okay, yeah, like I was saying this Saturday, we're going to have, uh, it's still still real to me, damn it, Mr. David Wills, who's a pretty good guy. Um, I promise you he's not going to cry or scream or anything on the show. He wants to <laughs> he wants to talk about uh, some Deep South independence and some stuff that he's seen. And the Barbarian. And the Barbarian, of course. Of course. I didn't think there was um, another Barbarian fan out there, but uh, I'm a huge fan of Barbarian. I always liked him. He was... He, he was decent for what he was. Mm-hmm. You know... I, I always liked that a uh, that final spot with his WrestleMania 6 match with Tito Santana. Tito took a great bump, that clothesline off the top. I don't know if you guys remember that. He had a great big foot. Yeah, I have to agree. That, that big boot, boot of doom. The Brody boot. He, he actually did it. He did it better than Brody. He and Ming were a great team, I thought. Yeah, no shit. Because uh, Ming was always one of my favorites too. And well, that's one dude you want with you in a bar fight. Mm-hmm. Oh, guy's a nut. You take someone's eye out. You got to get Haku on the on the scene. Yeah, no shit. <laughs> okay, guys. Spoiler alert! Spoiler alert! I'm going to read off the impact spoilers that were taped this uh, this evening for the November 8th show. 
Christian Cage and Kaz, no contest, which is bullshit. So, and that's in the contenders tournament, so it's whatever. Just throws it all out the window. Gail Kim beats some Alexis chick that I have no idea who. 3D, they beat Lethal and Abyss. Uh, that doesn't make sense. Why would they team? <laughs> yeah, that works. Oh, yeah! When the Abyss become an X Division star? That's not right. And that's some bullshit between Styles and Scott Steiner. And looks like the TV main event thing, Eric Young and Samoa Joe against Kurt Angle, James Storm, and Bobby Roode. I'm not going to give away the, the spoil on that one. Uh, but Scott Hall. Okay. Scott Hall did show up on the show. So, but he In is what con- not. What condition? He, he is not going to be Sting's partner at pay-per-view. No. That's going to be Booker. Because they said they said it was a WCW and WWE champion, so it's going to be Booker. But yeah, the thing about them is, like, is they they don't. It's not the lack of talent isn't their problem. Uh, it's the booking. Yeah, I mean Jesus, I could book it better than them. <clears throat> Pretty sure you can too, guy. I would try my damnedest. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, I would just have LAX against fucking Christopher Daniels and AJ Styles for six months headlining my shows. You know, that was that was good stuff for those two teams were, were, uh, were yeah, hooking up. Yeah, they had really up. good matches, that Ultimate X and the, uh, and the cage match as well. Yeah. Really good. I might, I've I actually been enjoying the uh, AJ Styles-Tomco team. I think Tomco's gotten a lot better. Yeah, they, they are doing really good. I agree. Tomco's overrated? Or not overrated, pardon me, underrated. Yeah. Very underrated. And oh. the thing is, the time that he's spending working in, in New Japan, he's actually learning while over there. It's not mm-hmm. just, I'm going over to, you know, team with Bernard's big fat ass. But, you know, he's actually going out and, and learning, which I give him all the credit in the world. One thing one thing I got to say, I don't, I don't really like AJ Styles playing the kind of lackey role for Christian. I mean, he's been a top guy in TNA the whole time multiple-time world champion, all that stuff, and he's just playing some little lackey... And know, all of a sudden he's stupid. Lackey punk, you know what I mean? He should, he should be doing better. He should be up in that in the world title picture as far as I'm concerned. He's he's great, man. Well, Vince Russo thinks all the heels have to be stupid, so I guess that's why. Or he thinks all the stuff, you know, AJ Styles. I don't know. He should be doing a little bit better, I think. Well, they don't... Russo doesn't doesn't know how to write TV for a guy like AJ because AJ doesn't have the charisma. He needs and he's not a good talker. He, he has, needs. I to, think he has the charisma within the matches as a baby. Oh well, yeah, in ring in ring charisma as opposed to standing in front of you know in front of a camera cut a yeah. promo. Um, I think his his work needs to do the talking for him, and it can because if if you just unleash AJ, let him go ten twelve minutes. He can possibly, you know, be one of the top workers in the country. You just need to let the guy go and cut the bullshit. Yeah, I, I think they uh, they dropped the ball doing that. You, know, you guys remember the first Kurt, Kurt Angle-AJ match on Impact? It was yeah. Seven, eight minutes. They could have built that up, you know, 
to mean to mean something a lot more, I think. They don't understand the term build. Yeah, I mean, unless it's you know pushing it to the internet marks on on their website, but you know that's they just don't, they don't make anybody give anybody a reason to buy any of their shows. It doesn't matter how good their shows are, how good the pay per views are, because nobody's they don't give them a reason to buy them. I can't believe that they only got sixty thousand for Joe Angle, sixty thousand buys. Do you, do you think it's because they rushed it? I have no I, idea. I actually, I actually think that's a decent number for the first match, but they definitely dropped the ball right after that. Like going, I liked the build. I liked the build. Yeah, the first match was cool. Even the second match, I mean, they rushed it, but you know they could have gone with you know Joe has one win, Engel has one win. Mm-hmm. Build it up for another seven, eight months. You know who's it should be who's the best, not like whose wife is turning on who and blah blah blah. You know. Kurt and Karen are fighting this month, so let's see when the main event, what happens. Okay, guys, uh, we're going to take a quick break. I'm going to run a commercial. And after commercial, guys, you have the floor. I'm going to give you the office because I'm going to be honest. I'm going to go downstairs and smoke a dupe. So after the the, uh, audio ad, you have the floor. All right. Cool. Technical issues. All right, guy, take over, brother. I gotta fix this here. Right on. All right. Uh, let me ask you this: uh, Is it is the first uh, the first wrestling you saw in NWA or or WWF? Um. Well, actually, the first I saw was uh, Mid South. Mid South. Yeah, because I, I grew up in uh, Mississippi, so I was right there in the heart of it, going all the Mid-South shows. Was it uh, still the uh, Junkyard Dog era, or was that, was that after? It was, I think it was after. I'm pretty sure it was. This was 85, I can't remember. I know Junkyard Dog wasn't there anymore, but... I think it was uh, over in the beginning. I think it was like um, Fantastics, Midnight Express, or something like that. I can't remember. Uh huh. Guy, keep them online, okay, guys. Just uh, keep going. I'm having technical problems here with the server, so just uh, stay on the line, and I won't lose you. Absolutely. But uh, let's. Uh Fantastic Midnight Express. I, I've uh, I've seen their their, their uh, NWA stuff. I haven't seen a lot of their Mid South or, or World Class stuff. Which which uh, which promotion would you say was Chris was uh, was uh, their best their best feuds? Um, I think '88. Yeah, when, uh, yeah, I remember their uh, their class their Clash of the Champions match was great, and also their. Uh, the Great American Bash match that year with uh, with Cornette and the Cage was pretty pretty damn good as well. Yeah, the, I enjoyed the debut match when they first came on, and they beat them in a non-title match. You yeah, know they had uh, 
They had, they had some uh, some great matches that year, uh, no doubt about it. And I first had a great match with Wyndham and Flair that year, I remember. Oh, yeah, the uh, the clash in December there. I remember that match, Midnight Express versus Flair and Wyndham. That was a that was actually that was a great match. You know, it was, and it was cool too. It was like, uh, you know, you don't get that much more. You, you get the feeling it's like the best tag team against the best two singles wrestlers. Yeah. They don't. Uh, I think that's something that should be built up, you know, more these days. But uh, you know, the tag teams. I guess kind of in TNA, they they kind of tried to do it. You know, the pay per view a few months ago with. With 3D again. Yeah, with 3D versus Joe and Angle, but I mean, they just didn't have that feeling. But yeah, no, that uh, those kinds of matches are uh, are excellent. Do you uh, remember a match? Uh, I want to say '91 on Superstars. It was uh, Rockers versus LOD. It was when they were uh, building up the the Rockers split. Yeah. And I believe uh, it was it was one of uh, I don't know if it was Genetti or Michael. Accidentally drop kicking one of the uh, one of the LOD onto the top of their partner that led to the finish. Yeah, I think his animal had one of them up for a body slam, and he went to drop kick partner's back, but animal turned around and he drop kicked and he nailed animal, and he went yeah. down. Yeah. On top. Yeah, I remember that. And uh, obviously, the actual rocker split was great there on the barber shop when uh, when Sean super kicked him and threw him through the uh, the parlor window. Yep. And then, got fired. Gone, and then Janetti was gone quick <laughs> right after that. That would have been a good match for that WrestleMania they had that year. Yeah, right, yeah uh, WrestleMania 8, yeah, that didn't happen. Sean wrestled uh, El Matador, Tito Santana, that year instead. They had a great match at the Rumble, I think, the next year, 93. Yeah, yeah, that was a great match. And then Janetti was gone right after that again, and he, I don't think he came back till that Raw where he won the uh, won the IC title out of nowhere. Yeah, I believe they. Yeah, that was a that cage or the it was a cage match, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, they had a cage match that summer that was really good as well. I also remember Marty Janetti had a really good match actually with Doink on on Raw around that time, like a two out of three falls match. That rematch they had on Raw was pretty good too. That wasn't it two out of three falls or something like that. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. The wrestling at, in 93 on Raw was really, really good. Oh. Technical difficulties, boys. Dang, I can't stop it. Oh, that was funny. Yeah, it was the remix version. <laughs> I'm sorry, Carl. Didn't mean to fuck up your promo. <laughs> Man, blog talk's going nuts tonight. It, it's got to be Halloween, dude. It's got to be. The, the evil spirits are at work, man. That's it. That's it. Carl's been doing great shows on the website. Those history wrestling shows? Oh Yeah, yeah no doubt. I, I, I'm really looking forward to the uh, the Midnight Express one that's coming up. Yeah. Wow. Carl, 
Carl does have his homework. I made sure of that. So let me ask you guys, uh, what's your favorite uh, Midnight Express combo? Dennis Condry and Bobby Eaton, or Bobby Eaton and Stan Lane? Eaton and Lane. I I would agree as well. That's that's my favorite. Condry, Condry and Rose and Norville Austin. The first the first incarnation of Midnight Express was great. They they did the Freebird gimmick in uh, Southeast and. They would interchange, and they wouldn't tell anybody who the who the tech, who the partner would be. So yeah, they were really good. But uh, as far as the the more famous uh, Midnight Express would be Condry. Yeah, they had they they had better programs, I think, uh, like better feuds, mm-hmm. like with the Rock and Roll Express and Mid South, and with Bill Watts and Junkyard Dog and. Stuff like that. I think they well. They, I think they probably they probably the version that made the most money. I would think. I what was it? Uh, Star Kid '85. It was them versus what was it? Miss Atlanta Lively, Ron Garvey. Jimmy Valiant. Was it, and uh, who was who was the partner on that? But um, Jimmy Valiant. Yeah, Valiant. That was wild. I couldn't stand Jimmy Valiant back then. God. Seeing the never-ending Paul Jones feud. All right. Oh, wow. We have callers on the line. Uh, let's see if we can take one. Hold on just a sec, guys. Caller from 850. Who are you? I am Rich, of Rear Naked Chuck Radio fame. Hey, Rear Naked Rich. You're on the line with Guy, KZ, and Katrere. What's going on, brother? It is, of course, an honor to be discuss- talking to the great Katrere, uh, uploader of many a Wrestling Observer Live, and... <laughs> creator of the fine intro to this very show, which I missed, because I was downloading pornography off the internet. <laughs> Good job there, Spanky. I, Thank you. I am not, in fact, lying. I did just uh, download some pornography off the internet. I am now driving my car, uh, tending you my fine streak of ruining this show with outside influences. I'm going to McDonald's. Oh, okay. No, no uh, liquor and chocolate this time. Damn it. What are you looking at ordering at McDonald's, man? Uh, probably going to get a Big Mac meal. Uh, and the Big Macs. What, as, what kind of soda? Diet uh, Coke. Probably a, no, probably a probably a regular Coke. Uh, I do not support the Diet Coke at McDonald's for uh, fundamental Christian reasons. Tremendous. Tremendous. Fine. I so, think, hey, uh, I, does the McDonald's you're going to have a play place? I've got to ask. You, you should, if they, uh, you should go slide down the slide. They do not. <laughs> uh, most of the most of the play places have shut down around here. I, I guess a kid died or something. I don't oh, really man. know what happened. Um, yeah. So last I heard, there was discussion of Paul Jones and the NWA. So what's going on with that? That sounded like good times. <laughs> Paul Jones. Number one, Paul the, Jones. The never-ending feud with Boogie Boogie Man. Man. I liked it. I, I miss the days of never-ending feuds. I miss the days when men hated men forever and ever and would hire, you know, Kamala or... Or, yeah, have, put out bounties on people. Yeah, I Abby. just need it back. I think, I, think, I think somebody needs to uh, learn, get very mad at CM Punk and start putting out bounties on him and bringing up various 
I mean, like, they always bring up, like, these really shitty OVW guys for, like, six months, and then they give up on them. That'd be a fine way to do it. Bring up, like, whatever jacked-up guy is the next big thing in OVW and have him have shitty matches with CM Punk for three weeks, and then CM Punk can beat him and send him back to Nowheresville. That's what put I him in the Put him in the box of the Spirit Squad we're sent back in? I Well, you know, the Spirit Squad were small, so they'd have to get a bigger box. It could plus, be that plus some of the spirit uh, squad got out of the box, so I mean they have to make sure they seal it well. Well, uh, what, what were those boxes that? Uh, does anybody remember that feud the Big Show had with Undertaker, where he would give him presents every week? And yeah. Oh, or or when uh, those gift boxes would come out for Sting, and we had Cactus yeah, Jack come out exactly. or Abdullah. You got yeah, to have something like that. Cactus came out of one, right? Didn't he? And then Rude came out one. That was actually the first time I got into WCW. Cactus Jack came out of the box to attack Sting and did the elbow drop off the second rope over the announcer's table onto Sting on the floor. And I was like, hey, they don't do this in WWF. I better check this out. I remember the first time I watched uh, Great Muda's All Japan, uh, the Great Muda era of All Japan, and the big uh, angle... Uh, the Great Muda was wrestling, I forget who, it was some tag team. It was a tag team tournament of some description. It might have been the, you know, tag tournament. tournament. Yeah, it might have been. I'm not sure. But I just remember uh, he was wrestling the Love Machines, uh, Super Strong Machines, and they uh, put him in a cage and rolled the cage into a truck and drove off with Muda. I don't know whatever came of this, but it was the greatest thing I ever saw for something he, I had no idea what. He became a attraction at circuses in Japan. Just blowing mist and and making. I think I think that, I believe the big result was uh, Johnny Samboli became the fake Great Muda, and they didn't even get him like a great. Oh, they just turned him into. They just gave him like a, a lucha mask, and he spit mist. And I always thought it was interesting. The Great Muda's, uh, you know, great booking schemes always seem to involve turning someone into him. Well, so, and there's nobody better to be. You know, let me let me I ask you not. guys: What do you what do you guys like? Great Muda with hair and face paint, or with bald head and the mask? I I support Great Muda as a uh, the aging Great Muda, the Great Muda that can barely move. So I guess I'm I'm the mask, and I prefer a uh, uh, wax and the veins drawn on this on his head. I I kind of like the uh, Kiji Muto of today more so because he just looks like such a such a confused old man. Who just happens to be on steroids? Um, well, he is—he is the greatest, you know, the uh, whatever you want to call it. What CM Punk did for a little bit—the bringing the hand, the fingers together right by the mouth and bringing it out to the sign. I mean, that's the way to go. Yeah, that is his thing. I do remember oh, rest love, baby. The greatest spot in the history of wrestling, which was in a really shitty match that I, for some reason, loved. It was uh, Mudo, Kichi Mudo versus Osamu Nishimura. And they did uh, they did dueling uh, prayers during their... Because uh, uh, Nishimura would put on the uh, figure four, and he would pray to his various Buddhist gods. But you see, uh, Kichi Mudo does not worship Buddhist gods. He was a strict Satanist. So he was, of course, praying to Satan to assist him in his uh, violence and evil against the, the proud monks from afar. What what was that the name of the uh when Mudo did the, the Hakushi gimmick when he teamed with Hakushi like Kukushi Kukushi. Or something? 
Kokushi? Yes, I believe that's it. Yes. I, I remember Kokushi Muso. Yes. I remember one time he did that gimmick with Lo- with Loki, and they were both doing the... Uh, I have the match. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that's wrestled, good stuff. They wrestled like Tom Howard and I think Spanky or somebody. Some smaller man. Some junior heavyweight who is, because he's smaller, is wrong in today's modern view of booking. Jump in, Chris. I'm just listening. <laughs> let me let me cool. ask you guys. Um, I don't know if there was any talk when uh, when Muta originally left NWA to go back to Japan. How do you think he would have done in WWF in the uh, the early '90s period? They wouldn't know how to book him. No, right. I, I, wouldn't have worked. I think he could have been great. I mean, if they if they knew what to do, they had a lot of great working heels at the time. You know, Mr. Perfect, Ted DiBiase, Randy Savage. He could have fit right in. But uh, you know who I really liked right at the beginning. Obviously, they heard him was Hakushi in WWF. He he was great right at the beginning, building up his feet with Bret Hart. Well, Hakushi uh, he had problems when he first came in because he wasn't used to working with bigger men because he came from Nuka yeah. Pro. Yeah. So he was. You know, he wasn't used to being, you know, the smaller guy in a match. I just uh, remember the angle. I believe Bret Hart was being presented with some kind of Japanese award, and uh, Hakushi showed up. And, you know, when they had the uh, the elevated interview areas off to the side of the fans, and he did the moonsault off that onto Bret Hart, that was that was good stuff. The match that he had with uh, the kid on Raw was pretty good, too. Yeah. That was, no. that was a pretty good match. Yeah, he had a few really good matches in there. And it's pretty tough back then to have a bad match with the kids, so. <clears throat> i like to jump in on the uh, Muta question. I was actually a big proponent of the idea of bringing in uh, Kiji Muto as the great Muta and I had teaming him with the Boogeyman for no other reason than it would just be the worst uh, possible usage of Kiji Muto, much like WCW brought him in and teamed yeah, him with Vampiro. Yeah, in 2000 when they, when they just screwed him up. I mean, that could have been cool with him and Vampiro versus Sting. But and he's it, losing Darnus to Cad Miller. Vince Russo doesn't like watching foreigners wrestle. And he he rightly agrees that Americans don't like to watch them. Okay. It's the opponent for Muda and Loki is uh, Tom Howard and Josh Daniels. Oh, Howard yeah. Howard and who? Josh Daniels, the, the fake uh, Chris Benoit. Are yep. we not allowed to say Chris Benoit now because he's a child martyr? I forget. I, I would like to talk about Chris Benoit real quickly, who I brought up for no reason. Um, I I have gotten to the point, or actually I was always at the point, and I never really understood the people who, you know, in the wake of the tragedy and all, nobody was, people were saying stuff like, I don't know if I'll ever be able to watch Chris Benoit again, and and I've been, uh, I guess the last time I discussed this, it didn't affect me that badly. I can still watch Chris Benoit and enjoy him as a great wrestler, even though knowing he's a crazy asshole who killed his family. And Josh Daniels, uh, for those of you who don't know, uh, indie wrestler, I believe like Northeast Eastern mm-hmm. Persuasion, uh, in the vein of the fake Chris Benoit's of, uh, I can't remember who the other guy was, who is that guy who was in uh, Ring of Honor for a while who's the fake Chris Benoit? B.J. Whitmer? Richards? 
No, no, no. He he's not in there anymore. I can't remember what his name is. Oh, uh, John Walters, maybe. John yep, Walters. John Walters. Yeah. John Walters. Who's the one who had the match with uh was it Maxime Boyer and Shakar? I think it might have been Josh Daniels. Because they they did like the battle of the fake Chris Benoit. Got me. I think it was Got John me. Daniels. I don't know. I don't know. Okay, for those that are listening live, we are taking calls, 347-215-7946. We will be having David Fuller on the line in a little while. He has an update on some stuff going on in Texas Independence. So, yeah, Dave will be calling us in in a while. So I'm going to have to cut you off later. All right. I guess it's a... Or Guy. I guess we can give her to Guy. No, no, no. We'll we'll give her to Rich. Absolutely, man. I'm I'm completely worthless. (laughs) You're not worthless, brother. You, you you helped me carry the show. Okay, thank you very much. <laughs> you still there, Katra? Yes, I'm here. Now, you do have an announcement to make for those that are members of the F4W Empire. Yes, I do. I am giving you the office. The floor is yours, brother. Well, with the popularity of the Adrenaline, adrenaline Flush compilations, I've started making the... Um, compilations of all the Ultimate Fighter reviews that Brian, Vinny, and Tony do. And I'm starting from the second season and working my way up to the... Well, when I get it done, it'll be the end of this season. I'm figuring probably around Christmas I'll have all that ready to go for people to download. Well, there you go. All the reviews of uh, the Ultimate Fighter and uh, the Ultimate Fighter finale. So... Well, there you go. That's an exclusive here on Rebel Guard. Katrina will be releasing, I don't know if you have a name for them yet, but I'm pretty sure you'll come up with something snazzy because adrenaline flesh is definitely, it's appropriate. So People, people need to start uh, trying to come up with a name. Maybe you should I've make one of those. I haven't been able to come up with one yet. You can make a world famous poll that the uh, F4W Online board is famous for. Yeah, you know, I can come up with a poll. Maybe, maybe the title can be "I'm Not a Dickhead." <laughs> All right. <laughs> I would like to say goodbye to Rich. Thanks for sticking your head in, dude. Enjoy your Big Mac. Call back later. <clears throat> All right. So we're gonna take a quick little break, guys. I'm going to properly play Carl Stern's audio ad now. <laughs> so if you hate the stuff today but love the old stuff, the Carl Stern shows are for you. CarlStern.com. And guess what, Sato? I'm the world champion. Runs down the history of wrestling. CarlStern.com. Now, for a lot of you people out there, that's a real hard neck to swallow. Talks about stuff largely that happened before 1989. And the whole goddamn world goes for the Carl Stern Show, carlstern.com. So if you hate the stuff today but love the old stuff, the Carl Stern Shows are for you. carlstern.com. You do all the money, you want all the glory, you want to fly first class, you want to walk around with someone like her, you don't deserve it. Woo! <laughs> That's good. <laughs> hey, you know what? I, I just got to say something. It is a sad, sad day that Ric Flair is not around just cutting promos every week, man. That guy wow, is freaking just a man, dude. 
he is the man. You know what I mean? To be the man, you got to beat the man. Ric Flair is the man. I mean, I, I think he could be used tremendously. Like uh, in WCW, when he had that arm injury, he was out for like eight or nine months. And in '96 and '97, he would just show up every week in his suit and tie and cut a promo. I mean, that's what he should be doing in WWE. And just, Hold it's air. Unfortunate, man. Mm-hmm. I have to agree. Um, Flair has more to offer. He has um, so much more to offer than what they allowed him to do when he was around. What was it? He when, he, when he was uh, general manager, they wouldn't let him say woo? I mean, how can you not let, let Ric Flair say woo? How can you not let, let Ric Flair go woo? You know what I mean? Exactly. I mean, how can you not? I mean, it's just, I don't get it, man. Because nobody scripted him to go woo. Because uh, Brian Gerwitz didn't, never saw Ric Flair, so he doesn't know what it's all about. Yeah, no shit. No shit. Yeah, that's, no, that's the reason there's no... Uh, not let Ric Flair just cut a fucking promo every week and just go off, man? I mean, it just doesn't get any better than that, man. That's one of the things with the scripted promos is there's no more personalities in the business anymore. Exactly. I agree. They, I mean, and what got them to the point where they felt they need to script it, everybody's promo, I mean... Were all the promos bad? No. I mean, I just don't understand how it got to this point, you know? I mean, back to like 15, 20 years ago, you had personalities like Flair, Piper. Yeah, Brody, uh, everybody, man. I mean, and it's just like they've they've created an atmosphere where, like, nobody can, can stand out. They've almost created an atmosphere where nobody can can stand out and... When you really think about it, it's like, what the fuck? Why? Why? All I, all I have to say is why. I, I just don't understand. Well, the way you got these Hollywood writers writing wrestling today, I don't, I don't understand it at all. And, and, and to, to be honest, I mean, I, I'm not going to say that someone who may have a, a writing background but doesn't necessarily, you know, know wrestling can't come in with good, interesting ideas. I mean, I wouldn't say that, but it's just... I just don't understand. I just don't understand why it's gotten to where it's at. It just makes no sense. I mean... It, it, it seems like... Uh, like WWE, you know, they just... Uh, you know, they say they hate the media, but in, in, in a lot of ways, they're trying, to, trying their best to fit in to you know, the mainstream and media, you know what I mean? Yeah. They just got people out there, you know what I mean? It doesn't matter whether you know anything about wrestling. If you look good, you can get on. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's like they're they're just appealing to the lowest, you know, common denominator. You know, it's it's like uh, like Wild on E or some, you know what I mean? It's just, I, I just don't get it. I don't understand why why these changes had to be made. I have no idea. Neither do I. <laughs> and I, I, okay. don't know I don't know if it's going to change. I mean, is it really going to change? What do you guys think? No. Not from what I've seen. Not going to happen. And I, I don't understand why. I, I, I mean, can you guys come up with a good reason why it had to change? I can't. I think that one of the things is, I think they want people to get, they want people to get over, but they want them to get over with what they're giving them to do. 
they want they want giving them to say they want, they want to get over on, on, on what they come up with yeah exactly I agree. not not on you know just going out there and do and ad living interview that person will get over by themselves you know um, coming up you with know, his own stuff the bottom line it's it's ego you know if we didn't come up with it for you then it's no good yes and even if they did come up with it for you and it is good a lot of times it still doesn't matter i mean I always point to uh, to Christian in 2005 when he was building up a potential feud with John Cena before John Cena moved to Raw. I mean, that stuff was great. He was getting over huge. And what did they down. do with it? What did they do with it? They did nothing. They just buried it. And killed the feud by moving him to SmackDown, like, yeah. three weeks later. And I was, uh, I was actually at the show at the Pond in Anaheim when Christian moved to SmackDown. I believe it was like a six-way or a four-way, him and... Undertaker, Muhammad he got Hassan, JBL. First, first man. Everybody was chanting for Christian. Everybody wanted Christian to win. What did they do? Well, JBL got the title again. It's just... And I gotta say, even seeing JBL cut promos these last few weeks, man, I mean, that's way better than what's going on. You know oh, yeah. Saying? I wouldn't mind seeing J- JBL and Jim Ross team up for a show or two. Just to... Yeah, they should have them uh, announced like the next Royal Rumble or something. Yes. Yep. Uh, well, we are live with Rubber Guard Radio, and I am in the middle of an earthquake. Now, now, now. Are you so, serious? Yeah, guy, you got the phone. Damn. An earthquake. Wow. Wow. Take the hell of a show to come on. An earthquake in San Francisco. Wow. That's crazy. What do you, let me ask you, Chris, what do you think of earthquake John Tenta? Did you <laughs> Jeez, anything can happen here live on Rubber Guard Radio. <laughs> that was a lovely, lovely earthquake up here in Northern California. You could really feel that? You had to get in a doorway or under a door or what? Yeah, I did, yeah. My wow. wife freaked out and went and woke up my son, so. Holy shit, man. <laughs> Shut up, asshole. What are you talking to? <laughs> sorry, that was a boss. <laughs> I'm sorry, guys. As you were. <laughs> that's crazy, man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's that's insane, and we are live, and I am not cutting that out. So, I'm sorry for jumping in on you guys. It's all good. But, yeah, let me, Chris, what, let me ask you, what did you think of uh, of Earthquake in WWF? Oh, he was great. Great big so monster here. Uh, the first pay-per-view I ever ordered was Hulk Hogan's comeback match against Earthquake at SummerSlam 90. Yeah. I remember uh, when he first debuted, when he came out of the crowd as a fan. Yeah, as the Canadian earthquake. Yeah. And then he became... <laughs> Tugboat. The Shark. The, yeah, Tugboat led the uh, the, writing, the letter-writing campaign to bring the Hulkster back. I was totally drawn into that at the time. You didn't have an uh, armband, did you? Hulk Hogan, I did not. You I did not actually write a letter, but I... You know, I, I was following the whole thing, absolutely. They went, uh, Winter's Break splashed him on the Brother Love show. And that's another thing. They had. They don't have the, uh, if you think about it, Piper's Pit really started it all. They had so many talk shows after that. They had the Funeral Parlor. They had the Heartbreak Hotel. They even had a Rio's Roundup for a, for a little bit with Bruce Pritchard as a... King's Court. Rogers. King's They've Court. Had, you know, the uh, Jericho's. Jericho's interview segment, you know, the cutting edge and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. 
But they, they don't really do that that much anymore. No. And when they do, it's only for a week just to shoot an angle or something. Yeah, and, and the cabana they got rid of, Carlitos Cabana. I think they should. That's a good. That's a good place. Like that kind of setup is a good place to start angles. You know. Yep. Well, sometimes it'd be better to do that with somebody that's not in the ring all the time, so you could do it every week. You know, like uh, Lawler was good on the King's yeah, Court. Yeah, King's Court. That was another one. I remember that the King's Court. And he wasn't like he wasn't even wrestling every week, so you'd get a. King's Court every week, so you know you do different things. It wouldn't just be for shooting an angle or something like that. Yeah, no, I remember he did the King's Court to talk bad about Bret Hart, about Bret Hart, and also when he did the one match with Roddy Piper, they uh, they brought that they brought out the fake Piper, the kid to play the fake Piper. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, I mean uh. What, who, if uh, Chris, let me ask you if there's uh, there's somebody you think who who should host their own talk show in WWE. Who you think it'd be? Uh, I don't know. That's hard to say. Because, like I said, there's a lack of personalities on there right now. You know, I mean, with just everything they've been doing. Carlito's good in that, but if somebody that could do it every week, I don't know. Okay, guys, uh, we're going to take a quick break. I'm going to pay the bills. Uh, check out our sponsor, IVC Videos, www.ivcvideos.com. 299 single disc, 599 double disc for all your Carousel, Lucha, some MMA, Ultra Fan Classics, Bruce all Brady. kinds of different. Oh, Bruiser Birdie. Can't forget Bruiser Birdie comps. That's good Absolutely. stuff. Oh, those are on the way, guys, so... Right on. <clears throat> I'm going to watch them before and then send them off to you. But And then next, uh, Rubber Guard Radio is on MySpace, and we do like friends, so it would be www.mys.com backslash Rubber Guard Radio. Um, just ask for an invite, and we will gladly add you to our friends. Um, we launched the MySpace last weekend, uh, last week, and we have over 40 friends, and we're growing. So, yeah, join us. Um, Chris, do you have anything to plug? No, not really. <laughs> How about www.f4wonline.com? Yeah, go to the message board in the radio section, uh, and you can go check out the Wrestling Observer Live, Live Archive in the radio section, f4wonline.com's message board. That's it. That's it. Shows now, going back Chris, all the way, shows going all the way back to 1999. And the first one was the first one with Chris Benoit. Yes, yes, I listened to those. Nights. That's kind of ironic, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It was uh, right after the the Owen Memorial match. Yeah, I think it was like the night after or something. Yeah, like I, I think. Yeah, it was the night after. Yeah. Yeah, he was talking about going to Japan. I think that. Uh, Ninety-seven. Been the last time he wrestled Liger on that tour. That's right. That was the tour he went with Jericho, and they and Jericho did the Black Liger, where he oh, he had the black yeah, su- yeah like Super Liger wasn't it? Yeah, Super Liger. Yeah, with the blonde hair and the black mask. That was crazy. And he only did that one one that one show. I don't. Uh, he might have done a few others, but it didn't really go anywhere, unfortunately. Well, it was meant to be a you know one shot, but 
get that it confirmed. Go ahead, Guy, you have the floor. My wife's watching the news about the earthquake. Okay. Yeah, no doubt. Um, 5.6. 5.6. Wow. Did anything fall over at your house? Yeah. Wow. That's crazy. I. Uh, it was centered around uh, Milpitas. Yeah, I remember <clears> as a little He's kid. outside San Jose. I remember as a little kid watching the World Series when they had the Giants and A's and they had the big uh, earthquake there. I was there, dude. Yeah, I, uh, I remember the summer after, uh, my parents and I took a vacation up there and seeing everything being rebuilt. It was pretty crazy. Yeah, that was that was an insane time. Also, something else I'm working on. What's, what's that? I'm probably around the beginning of the year I'm going to start working on a compilation of, of Brian Alvarez' freakouts. Ah, yes. <laughs> the goddamn whole thing. <laughs> oh, boy, that's going to be a fun one. Yes. I have it's going to be a fun one. I have but you're going to be one. you're going to be taking from the adrenaline flush, too. So, oh, yeah. You're going to be reusing some, some drops, but that's okay. <laughs> no problem. But okay, as... I spent last year going through all the... Observer Live Show is doing the best of comp, so I'm going to have to go through a lot of the Brian and Vinny shows. For uh, Observer Live, you should go through and do all the uh, the uh, Dave Meltzer laughing fits. I remember the, a few of those during the Jim Cornette and Tom Zink show. Oh, those were all great. Or a compilation of Dave not getting the punchline to a joke or something like that. Yeah, a compilation <laughs> of just Dave just laughing his ass off. And uh, making jokes that don't have any puns to them. Nobody laughs at that either. Oh, um, I do have a message for everybody that's listening. This is this is from the cancer. Hold air, bitches. <laughs> <laughs> I love that drop. <laughs> that guy's cool. Do you do you guys listen to the K Paper Dummy Show? Yeah, I do. I do. Yeah. <clears throat> I'm an audio yeah, show whore. I actually so. have never heard it, but I I should check it out. Check out the Davari episode. It's really good. They had uh, Davari on last. Was that from just a few days ago? No, that was uh, last week, a last week before week. last night. And they have Larry Sweeney on next next Monday night, so that should be fun. Uh, hopefully, hopefully Sweeney's gonna you know cut a fat promo on Brian. <laughs> now that's somebody that needs to be in WWE right now. Yeah, no shit. I agree. Like, uh, I, I agree. Bobby Heenan and somebody he like that. There. I agree. He should be there, except for the fact that they'd probably make him the next Armando. Alejandro Estrada, and that they would take everything that's cool about him away. After he got over. You know what I mean? Yeah. They they destroyed him. I mean, they 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 grew Estrada, you know, from nothing. He was he was a, you know, a, an Arabic wrestler in OVW. They made him a Cuban, and they made him a manager, you know, and he got over, and then some, and then over, and over, and then they brought him up, and they just killed him. I don't well, know I, why. I remember, dude. I mean... When he first came in, you know, the Armando Alejandro Estrada, you know, escúcheme, how you say, and they just they just took it all away. I think they just yeah, have anybody uh, reacting reacting favorably to a who's someone who's supposed to be a heel. He was getting the fans got into the you know the announcement and when he when he'd say his name or whatever, 
I think maybe they didn't like that. Yeah. No, I loved it. I mean, escúchame, how you say Armando Alejandro Estrada, and yeah, they just took that all away. It's unfortunate. Now he's just Armando Estrada, <laughs> just some dude on the show. Some dude. <laughs> he's just some dude. <laughs> a shame, man. He was really good. Was. I mean, I'm saying like he's dead, but... Well, he got sent well, to ECW. He might, he might as well be. <laughs> he did. Yeah. He could, be, cool. he could be really good in that role, too, if he did the uh, the same gimmick, you know? I mean, he could be awesome. It's just... They don't want you to get over. You're not getting over, bottom line. Well, when they had the... Um... When they had Umaga, Umaga, like, he was a baby face for, what, like, two weeks? Yeah. A little while ago? Yeah. They could have brought him back, and, you know, he, he'd have been a good baby face manager just to, you know, get the hop from the announcements and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, exactly, because he actually wasn't getting... I remember the SummerSlam match. Uh, you know, he actually wasn't getting probably as over as they wanted. That's why they put him back and put Armando in there. I mean, it would have been great. Well, they only gave him like a week as babyface. Yeah, they gave him like two, three weeks. I remember they had the tag match with Cena, which was done pretty well. And the SummerSlam match, I think it was the night after SummerSlam, he was back as a heel, attacking mm-hmm. Jeff Hardy. Although him and Jeff Hardy together were are great, I will say that. I saw a house show match with them a few months ago that was great. The, they match uh, they had at the pay-per-view uh, in Yeah, the pay-per-view was night. the next night. I think that was great as well. Jeff Hardy's another guy that they need to do something with. Yeah, exactly. I mean, he's he's just so so popular right now. I mean, oh, he's ripe and ready. You know, he is ready for that main event push. Absolutely, I agree. I had a hard time raising the uh, vote totals on that on Cyber Sunday the other night. Just seemed kind of low for him. Yeah, well, I mean, they did push Shawn Michaels the whole time. Yeah, and he is Shawn Michaels, so. Michael they says brought him, they brought him back too early, I think. Okay, fellas, we are coming down to the 12-minute mark. So we're we're riding out this hour-and-a-half show. Let me let me ask you, KZ, I've, uh, I've never asked you before, what uh, what is it that you saw or that... Uh, that got you excited about professional wrestling? What, what is it that you originally saw that got you into it? Um, see, I grew up here in San Francisco, or outside of San Francisco, and we would watch the, uh, I would go to the San Francisco Territory matches with my dad, and I, I wasn't really too much into it. And then the promotion died, and from, like, 1982 on, the A... The AWA would come to town and whatnot. And sometime in 84, uh, the main event of one of the shows was uh, Bruiser Brody and Jerry Blackwell. And they were all over the place, bloody all over, using the ring belt, and that was it. I was hooked. So Brody Brody made me fall in love. That's a good man to have you get into it. Excuse me? Oh, that's a good man to have you get into it, man. I've seen the Brody stuff in Japan. I mean, I just find it fascinating. Uh, Bruiser Brody versus Terry Funk. You have Terry Funk coming down, and the people are just mobbing him. You can barely see him because so many people are mobbing him. 
And then as soon as Bruzy Brody comes out, everyone just runs for their fucking lives, man. They're just running away from this man. I mean, it's just it's just something that's not going on today, you know what I mean? It doesn't work like that anymore. You can't because, you know, someone will sue someone or it's just it's bullshit. And but, I mean, it was just incredible seeing them just, like, run into the crowd and everyone just seriously running for their lives. Some of them had a smile on their face while they are doing it. Other people seemed scared shitless, you know. Yeah, you know what? That same night they had a tag team battle royal, where if you eliminated one of the you know one of the guys your partner you're gone to, and it was like there was just all kinds of talent in there, and they had the fabulous ones in there, and they kept going after the road warriors. The road warriors were tag champs at the time, and they were programmed. And uh, I remember it was Hawk that picked up Lane uh, with a press slam, and he was holding him over the ropes. And he, he yelled at the crowd, you want to see me throw this motherfucker? And we all yelled, yeah, and he threw him outside. Just over the top, right onto the concrete floor, bump right onto the knees, no pads, nothing. It was insane. It was an insane match. Have you ever um, seen any of Brody's territorial stuff at all? I have. I've seen uh, some, of, some of the stuff in World Class versus Abdullah. Mm-hmm. I've seen a... Uh, have you seen the Fort Worth match? The Fort Worth match, the the blood bloodbath, where they're all over the place, Gary Hart. It's like all of eight minutes, but it's it's on the twenty four seven shorties this this month. Yeah, I I, I saw one. Uh, I think it was last month. It was a cage match from Cotton Bowl <laughs> with him and Abdullah, and Fritz von Erich was the referee. Yeah, the, the this one. The one this month is from Fort Worth, and it's just a nasty, nasty, nasty bloodbath. Um, it was just a fucking awesome match. Uh, Chris, you still there? Yeah, I'm here. Okay, well, um, we got about eight minutes to go, so I'm going to shoot you off the show. Okay. Thank you for thank you for coming on, brother. It was definitely a pleasure. I'm sorry right. about the uh, the little earthquake break there, but <laughs> you never know. It is live radio. Anytime you want me back, just let me just let me know. Tremendous, tremendous. Okay. Um, I'm thinking of, of probably doing an old school roundtable. Uh, probably get Carl Stern on the show and you and myself and Lyndon Walker, so okay. we can just you know shoot the shit about everything before the '90s. Oh, that'd be great. So, yeah, that's going to be coming up. I'm going to talk to those that. You know, those that I think should come on because uh, obviously no one's happy with the crap that we're watching now. So. No, we're not. <laughs> All right, brother. I will, uh, I'll be in contact and thanks for coming on. Okay. Yeah, take thanks, care. Thanks, dude. Bye. Bye. Well, that was fun. Yeah, absolutely, man. <laughs> I'm sorry, dude. That was, that was insane. A fucking earthquake live on the show. Yeah, it is, man. I mean, you can't get better radio than that to have an earthquake right in the middle. Well, I, I didn't think it was anything because I I live you know a couple blocks away from the from the train tracks where they have the Caltrain during the day and then the the Southern Pacific so, at night. Do you, do you feel shaking from the train sometimes? Oh yeah, yeah. I, I'm completely used to it, but I mean, it, I was it. We never rock like this. Yeah, I mean, we were rocking. You were rocking and rolling, strutting and strolling. Exactly. Woo! Wow, man. Uh, strutting and cutting. There you go.
So uh, let's plug the MySpace again. MySpace.com backslash Rubberguard Radio. Ask for an M- for a friend invite. We'll gladly give you one. Uh, we're not picky. We don't care. We're friend whores. It's cool. Um, upcoming guests we have on Saturday, Mr. David Wills. It's still real to me, damn it, guy. And it looks like Tuesday we're gonna we're gonna have uh, David Fuller on again. Uh, Dave emailed me requesting to come on again. Excellent, man. I I thought he uh, had a lot of really good stories, man. It looks to be a good time. He uh, you know, he shared some of his stories with me, but he never shared the Johnny Valentine stories with me. And those those were just cool. I mean, just really cool. But um, yeah, we're in we're in talks with uh, Damian Demento or Demonto. He's an East Coast uh, independent worker. Uh, does some shots for CZW and whatnot. Um, we're talking to him. Um, I'm talking to some guys that are down by down your way from WPW World Pro. They um, they're at the uh, Anaheim Flea Market every Sunday. The yeah, Lucha so promotion I, I down think, there. I think when Ultimo Dragon first came back from his elbow surgery, he did a show down there. Yeah, he did a shot. Yeah, Vance worked down there. Uh, a bunch of people worked down there. Um, the guy that owns the rings and the um, the promotion, Martin Marin. He's the only guy in California that teaches street lucha. Uh huh. So yeah, Bob Barnett has, you know, he told me, uh, you need to get this guy in your show. So I'm I'm in contact with him. Uh, so we're you know we're we're working on putting on some guests. You know, I mean, they're sure they're not big names, but they're independent, and they're big names to me. You know, I mean, they're interesting to me. You know, I mean. Let me That's let just, me ask you, man, not to uh, to change subject subject. Sure. But you you mentioned to me uh, you'd seen American Gangster. Yes. Uh, not that long ago. How was it? Oh, tremendous, tremendous. Um, it should get a Best Picture nomination, and I'm not sure about Denzel, but Russell Crowe should should be up for it. Uh huh. Um, interested to check it out. I definitely would check it out. this weekend, so uh, I'll probably hit it up. Definitely worth checking out. Also, um, Things We Lost in the Fire with Holly Berry and Benicio Del Toro was really, really good. Um, that one, I think, is going to get the domination of her picture as well. And yeah, Holly Berry is going to win again. I just saw, uh, what was it, Lars and the Real Girl. Did you hear about that? What now? Lars and the Real Girl. No. Uh, uh-huh. Ryan Gosling, he... he uh, he has a girlfriend they met, that he met off the internet, except uh, she just happens to be a, uh, a blow-up doll. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I saw a preview for that. Didn't we see the preview for that one, the guy with the blow-up doll? Yeah, I think that that might be it, but I saw it. It was it was pretty good, man. Cool. So I got to I gotta suggest that to, uh, to everybody, and uh, I know we got, uh, what is it, what's, what's, uh, What's the Rocks one coming up? Uh, oh, man, I don't remember. The one that got thrashed at uh Yeah, yeah with the, but the same director from Donnie Darko. I mean, that was, Donnie Darko was an awesome movie, man. I have to agree. I have to South agree. Southland Tales, that's what it's called. Okay, I mean, are you surprised the, uh, the game plan's done so well? Not at all. Not at all. I, I saw it, I mean... Obviously, I'm not a little kid, but uh, 
I mean, I could see why a lot of the little kids really like it. It was enjoyable. I mean, that's good for him, man. That's way good for him. Tremendous, tremendous. Well, looks like we're about out of time. I am going to cut you off, guy. Okay. Uh, I will talk to you come Saturday. Sounds good. And we're going to head out with uh, the Cheeky Blues. Remember, Rebel Guard Radio, Tuesday night, 7 p.m. Pacific, and Saturday afternoon, 2 p.m. Pacific. MySpace.com backslash Rebel Guard Radio. Alrighty, guys. Take care, man. Alright, kids. Well, that was definitely a fun show. Uh, we had on Chris, uh, Chris Couture, the man. And we had Robert, or, uh, so we're